Doug Tyrrell History and Comment is available on Google Podcast. Hello, friends. I'm Doug Tyrrell. This is History and Comment for Friday, the 25th of November, 2022. During the French and Indian War, two decades before the Revolutionary War, British forces captured the French fort near present-day Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Robert Townsend is born in 1753. He was in his mid-twenties when he became a spy for the Continental Army, operating from Long Island and New York City. In 1833, there is a massive earthquake on the eastern edge of the Indian Ocean near the island of Sumatra. The quake was close to a 9.0 and may have been on the top 20 list if they had the same type of readings we have in more modern times. The same area recorded another top 20 in 2004 when a 9.1 struck. Andrew Carnegie, or Carnegie, is born in Scotland in 1835. He will come to America and become the owner of Carnegie Steel and one of the wealthiest men in America. He will give much of his wealth away in later life. The one point to remember is civil wars are not. Civil, that is. During our unpleasantness, Confederate operatives try to start fires at 20 locations around New York City in an attempt to start a great fire. They are unsuccessful. Political parties have been formed and faded since the early days of the nation. Bitter battles have also always been a part. The Greenback Party was established in 1874 and lasted for 15 years and three presidential elections before fading away. At issue here was the return of the U.S. to a bullion-based currency. Recall that for much of the early part of our nation, paper money was redeemable for a fixed amount of gold or silver. This was suspended a few times during wars where spending was wild and woolly. During the 1800s, the major parties wanted to return the U.S. to the bullion standard, but this was pushing prices down. The Greenback Party was opposed to the idea. Being tied to a precious metal limits government spending as paper money cannot be printed without the gold in reserve to back it up. It might not be quite that clear, but it seems like a reasonable idea. The U.S. broke the tie between the dollar and the price of gold in 1933. Since that time, they have wantonly printed money. Currently, the government reports they have 261.5 million troy ounces of gold in reserve, or $459 trillion at current market prices. As a standard, they set the value of gold at $42.22 an ounce which might be where it would go if the U.S. dumped a large portion of their stock on the market. The U.S. holds more gold than any other nation, but private investors are the largest holders, and jewelry accounts for almost half of all the known gold stocks. Ben Stein has had a couple of almost unrelated careers. He is 78 today. He was a speechwriter for Presidents Nixon and Ford, appeared in a few movies and television shows, he has also been a political and economic commentator. Stein holds a Doctor of Jurisprudence from Yale. It has been well documented that Hollywood is often not with the mainstream of America. That fact dates back to the earliest days. In 1947, there is one of a series of red scares. Congress gets involved and subpoenas 10 directors and screenwriters to testify to the facts. They refuse and are the first to be blacklisted. CBS Radio ends the long-running Amos and Andy program in 1960, along with a few other lesser-known radio programs. The very idea of Amos and Andy would not fly 60 years later. The radio show had run for over 30 years. The creators and actors were white, 
portraying blacks. There was a short run of two years on television in the early 50s that, of course, had to have black actors. Do you recall first twins Barbara and Jenna Bush? They are 41 today. Barbara is active as an advocate in the health industry. Jenna is a regular on the fourth hour of the Today Show. 23 years ago, a five-year-old Cuban boy is rescued off the Florida coast, floating on an inner tube. Elian Gonzalez becomes the center of a media firestorm when the government returns him to his father in Cuba. He had left the country with his mother and others who died on the journey. Now approaching 30, he has become a poster boy for the communist country as a victory trophy over the U.S. He enjoys a lifestyle and education far above the average Cuban. Today is the shopping panic known as Black Friday. The malls and most retail outlets will be mobbed. Sounds like a good day to avoid them. It is also Native American Heritage Day. This topic is actually somewhat controversial, linking it to the day after Thanksgiving and Black Friday. There is still a reasonable amount of tension between Native Americans and the Europeans. It is reasonable to discuss Native versus European interactions over the past five centuries. Certainly, there were atrocities in both directions. Neither was able to rise far above the foibles of human nature. There was certainly going to be a clash at some point. Once the discovery of two large land masses was published across Europe, continental Europe was highly populated and developed. They were starved for resources and open spaces. North America offered that. The natives in North America were largely hunter-gatherers with some limited agriculture. For the most part, they lived in the Iron or Bronze Age, and in some cases, the Stone Age, millennia behind Europe. Why the development of Central America did not migrate to North America could be a worthy study, but it had not. Most of the tribes did not have written language. The biggest atrocity may have been the Trail of Tears when the southeastern tribes who were moving towards a lifestyle that was compatible with Europeans, were removed from the well-watered east to the plains of Oklahoma. The second may well be that lands that have been set aside for ownership by the tribes are still held by the federal government. The Bureau of Indian Affairs should be abolished and the land handed over to some form of native control that are allowed to develop the land in ways they see fit, not as wards of the federal government. If you want a study of why you do not want a government nanny state, just look at the general welfare of the native population on any reservation. It is near third world, which is typical of any nanny state. The federal government spends $3,000 per year per Indian to manage their affairs. Census figures place the population at six and three quarters million people. The best discussion should center around how to mix two vastly different cultures. What would have been the best practice? The way it was executed was not great, but there was never going to be a good one. A French angler caught a massive 67-pound goldfish last week. A quick call to the goldfish experts at Ozark Fisheries proved that is not a true goldfish, but a different species from the tiny fish that are common in fish bowls around the world. All are in the carp family. True goldfish can live to 15 years and get 10 to 12 inches long. The larger koi can grow to 18 to 20 inches and live to be 25 years old. The French fish was a third species. During the 50s and 60s, the largest goldfish hatchery in the world was at Martinsville, Indiana. The main building is on the National Register of Historical Places. In 1902, Eugene Shireman took wetland unsuitable for farming 
and began growing the imported fish, turning it into a multi-million dollar business. Today, the ponds are owned by Ozark Fisheries. That's history and comment for the 25th day of November. I'm Doug Terrell. Now go do something worth remembering.